welcome back to another episode of Liberal Shame. Oh my god! Uh, yeah. Prophet, preacher, sermon leader, rector, reverend, deacon, elder, what the hell is a pastor? Where we are feeling sad for being who we are. Oh. Um, but that's my point, is that you don't have to feel sad for being who you are. You just have to want to be the best version of yourself. And the best version of yourself means like laying down either laying down the privilege that you can lay down or using the privilege that you maintain to help other people. And so, but like, there is no way I'm not going to limit what God can do by, unless God starts doing miracles, there is no way that like every white person just in America is in the United States is going to lay down the privilege that comes with whiteness. Right. Cause we do not want to be other, like, like I don't, I, I enjoy the fact that I can walk into most places and not feel discriminated against because of my race, right? At a lot of places I walk into, I'm very nervous because there's white men around me, but you know, that's my own cross to bear. Um, like, so it shouldn't be my cross to bear. My it's own just, cross to bear. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, when I talk about this a lot, like I, there's people talk about white people's knee jerk reactions to like black men, which is a real and true thing. But mm -hmm. my knee jerk reaction is to white men. Like every time I am alone in a space with a white man, I am nervous because I, I oh, oh, anyway, because um, we're gross. Yeah. Well, and also like big white men could hurt me and get away with it. And yeah. And I have that fear and that fear. And it took me a long time to name that fear. And so I'm not being a liberal snowflake here. Like I know how to like face the fear and go on with my life. But that fear is there and is real because white men get to hurt other people with impunity a lot of the time. Absolutely. Like God. Oh, gosh. Ugh. So that's that. And this is where we got to listeners. We recorded an episode on the father and it, I forgot to record the second half of it. So we're, we were trying to redo it today, but that's uh, where we yeah. got to with the father is that when we talk about, when we use this language of dominance, when we think about fathers as being the head of the household and then the father being like the dominant part of the Godhead, then it becomes really natural almost to assume that our God is the God who gets to hurt people with impunity and gets to just do whatever God wants and gets to throw power around, except that's not what we see in the witness of the incarnation. And that's not what we see in how we understand the Godhead in itself. Um, and it's, it's important to to reject those notions of God just coming in and knocking shit over because God can. Like, that's not who we understand God to be if God is love. Right, right. So, okay. So I tend to think, I tend to think that at seminary, um, we pick up a lot of phrases that we're not really sure we know exactly what they mean, but okay. we kind of use them. And, and like, for me, um, this is why I am not accusing you of, of not knowing what this means. I am accusing myself. This is why I do not um, use phrases like, uh, God is genderful. Mm -hmm. Because I don't really know what that means. Um, uh, I, I have some ideas of what, of what it might, might possibly mean. 
but like I'm not I don't really understand it I go okay well there are whenever I hear about expressions of gender um, it's usually to talk about how problematic my expression of gender is right if I may um, this once again not oh woe is me I'm a white guy I'm really not trying to, to to talk like that I, I really am not um, it's just that there is some trickiness with masculinity masculinity has its own kind of trickiness I'll put it that way mm-hmm. that that for for folks who are identify as masculine but who are also really trying to uh, do so with justice and with you know as correctly and as as full of love as we can, um, there are some avenues of how to be masculine that are a little more complicated. Um, because at what point does um, have so like sometimes I'll I'll see on Facebook having a beer with the lads is not a form of toxic masculinity, and I'll be like yeah sure, uh, except that lots of toxic pe- masculine people have beers with each other, right. So, like, what do I do? Well, you Would have beers be- in a non-toxic way. Yeah, sure. But it could easily become that way. So, like, what do I do? Wouldn't it just be easier if none of us were masculine? It- right. See, like, when you make that leap, that's when I have to be like, no, masculinity in and of itself is not bad. But why risk it? But, because, because you can't help but be how you are. That's not true. What are yes. you talking about? Oh, what are you talking about? They're, they're, they're all kind what, what what's code switching, but not, um, right. you know, being able to at least pretend. Right. Yeah, uh, uh, sure. Code switching is a necessity of the world that we live in now. It is not a eschatological necessity. This is, this is never going to make air. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's fine. This is like this is like the argument we have before we record the podcast. <laughs> well, I think it's helpful for people to understand the arguments we're having. I don't I am not uncomfortable with like laying out how the sausage gets made. And that, that we have true. questions that we're working through things. Like I, I find that to be very important and very genuine. You are right. You are right. Um yes, You are right because you're a lady. And all ladies are right all the time. <laughs> but wouldn't it just be easier if that was true? Well, then how so, would we it? Um, so no. for me, for me, I am to- like I often um, uh, want to jump to the answer that is easiest. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't always see like I think. I no. Uh, here we go. Real talk. I do not understand why some people think living in the tension is the correct answer. Oh, well, I, we have living to, in the tension is always have, the correct answer. Sometimes we have to live in the tension and and recognize that this stuff is messy. And I kind of sit there and I go, uh, well, I sometimes I think that's one of those meaningless uh, uh, answers. Sometimes I'm like, that's kind of a meaningless answer. If the answer is, um, I have a colleague that gets really uncomfortable and nervous when she is around uh, uh, white men, 
for very good reasons she gets this way. I'm talking about you, Joe. Right. Um, then, then perhaps the the problem is white men. Sure. What? Why? Why does it? Why do we have to live in the tension with that? Why can't we just say maybe it's best if white men aren't pastors? God, could you imagine? But don't you think that's true? Oh my gosh, yes. Okay, well then that's just the answer then. Maybe no, white men shouldn't be pastors. It is that's genuinely reverse discrimination. <laughs> what? No, it's not. Actually, that's not possible. It's <sighs> there is no such thing as reverse discrimination because Okay, discrimination, well explain that to everybody. I will. Discriminate like racism and and all forms of, of isms like that. It, it's about power, and so a black person hating a white person is not a reverse racist, because because it's not possible for a for a black person to be. It's not possible for anybody to be racist against white people, because white whiteness is just another way of saying power. Right. Um. And so. It, and so, yeah, like like an oppressed group can't be uh, oppressive against their oppressor. Right. That's not how it works. It's not possible. Uh, you see what I'm saying? Like, I like do. I, I think that I think that rich folks uh, should be uh, uh, um, parade. Their heads should be paraded around on the street. Um. That's not, if somebody were to say, well, that's really mean, I'd be like, okay. <laughs> Seems a so little So is the way that they amass their wealth, so. <laughs> <laughs> right, like, what are you trying to say? Like, it's just odd, you know? No, I think, uh, why can't that just be the answer? Why do we have to live in the tension with that? L that, that seems like a centrist position to me. Like, like well, let's just. Oh, that's uh, well, we can't, of course, just say white people shouldn't be white men shouldn't be pastors. Well, why? I mean, I think that the world would be a very different place if we did that. Um, and then, like after <laughs> after the world writes itself, then maybe white men can come back into the clergy. Yeah. What a universe! I mean, I you know that's I think. I often say things like the United States could just give up all of its nuclear arms. Like we could just not have a military anymore. We could do that. And what would the world look like if we did? Everybody comes back with the murmur, like we're the police force. We have a national obligation to And I'm like, but we could, we could just not though. And let's see what happens. Um, it's impractical, but whatever. So is everything with the gospel. Um, yeah, I think, I think the thing that, um, uh, the, the point that we are struggling with is that, um, God loves everybody. And so God has to love white people still. It's just that, um, white people and men experience the world in a way where like God by default loves them because they are the ones in power. And we all know that God loves the people in power. And it is such, we, there is such a corrective that has to happen that you may as well just say that whiteness is bad and masculinity is bad, but we can't, we can't affirm that for like 
because because we can't say that any part of creation is inherently bad we can say that like right now in the world that we live in it's real hard to be white and good it's real hard to be masculine and good it's real hard to be rich and good you know and so it's it is um acknowledging that difficulty and uh you know working really hard to provide avenues for people to uh to get past that difficulty so i haven't eaten lunch yet so i'm now i'm getting i'm getting really punchy and weird okay. uh, it's not it's not that it's real hard to be rich and good it's impossible right right according to the gospel um well, like it is i uh, yeah, so like the the metaphor that Jesus uses means that it is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Okay. <laughs> Zacchaeus comes down from the tree and gives away his wealth, right? Yeah, so he's no longer rich. Exactly. That is that so, is how rich people can be good by becoming not rich. <laughs> but like, but it's possible that they can change. Right. And so it like masculinity now is so closely tied with toxic masculinity that you almost have to completely empty yourself of masculinity in order to be able to put back in the things that are actually good and masculine. And whiteness is so bad now that you almost have to empty yourself of whiteness in order to like be able to reclaim whatever part of uh, like anglo-saxon heritage you want like i don't i don't even know like white because whiteness has become so generic it's so it's so difficult to go back and be like well you need to go back to your saxon roots like we can't even really do that but like there there is a way to be able to be good and do these things is that you have to empty so much of yourself in order to do that that people aren't willing to do it but it's not impossible you almost have to die. You almost have to die and be raised with Christ. If almost. only that's what our baptisms were. <laughs> if only. If only there was something in the Christian tradition. That, that talked about these things. That Maybe. talked about this. Can you imagine so, how different the world would be if that is how we actually conceived of our baptism? It, it, would, be, it would be craziness it, in a very good way. Uh, this, all of these things that we're saying is, is why I, I tend to, to use language like, well, God is without these things. Mm. Um, uh, cause, cause in my mind, it's the only way I think God can, uh, uh, love in, in the fullest way. Mm. Um, not, not because I think somehow gender is bad or anything like that. That that's not what I mean. But but I, I guess I'm I'm not sure how um uh I don't know what the work I don't know what kind of work it, it does to kind of say uh in, what kind of coherent work it does to kind of say that found within the Godhead are, are the kind of fullness of all of these particulars you know like like i'm i'm not a i don't really know how we can even conceive of that like like we can say that but i'm not sure how we can conceive of it like like what what in the world what do you mean oh i don't know well right like it's sort of it's sort of like saying 
found in the Trinity is is the is the uh, blueprint for how all of our social interaction should be. Well, what is the Trinity? I don't effing know. And I go, then all is lost. Like, like if that's where the blueprint is, then gosh, we can never, you know, figure out how to create adequate social relationships because the Trinity is a divine mystery that none of us can comprehend fully. Um, and so I just don't know what work is being done kind of by, by saying that, like it can mean anything. I don't think that's true, because I think that if we're saying that the fullness of these expressions is found in God, then that means that the the fullness of a masculine or a feminine or a non-binary or anywhere on the spectrum expression, the fullness of that is found in God, who is love. And so the loving aspects of your expression are what are are the non-toxic part of it and the toxic part of it are the non-loving ones now do we fully understand how to love no not really but that's that's the work of a lifetime is learning how to participate so fully in god that everything we do is loving there is a difference between a negro spiritual and um uh whistling dixie uh-huh and 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 I don't think they can come together. Right. And so, um, what isn't in God? Whistling Dixie. Then God is not genderful. God is not uh, full of the fullest expressions of these races or these genders or these things. No, Whistling Dixie is an incomplete expression. It does not participate in God. It is a, a, a privatio boni. It is the shadow. It is, it is, it is evil. Sure. It's not real. No, well, I'm trying to help. Like, I'm trying to make it make sense in my brain. Like, right. Like, uh, uh, one who embodies whiteness is is embodying um, uh, uh, an illusion. It's not real. There's no such thing as whiteness. In the current way that we are forced to live in whiteness in this world, it is yeah yeah. Like there there is there is a good expression of whiteness. In theory, before history all happened, <laughs> there could have been a good expression of whiteness. You're talking about a myth. Well, <sighs> prior to the primordial catastrophe of the fall. <laughs> well, no, but like, like just facing up to what has happened in history, it is as difficult to be white and be good as it is for a rich person for a camel to pass through the eye of the needle. You know, like it's. And and you just have to be aware of that, and to to continually be um, opening up yourselves to the experience of others who are not as tarnished by the history of what whiteness is has done and is doing and will likely continue to do. That does not mean that whiteness has to inherently just be bad. It means that. There's currently no good expression of whiteness. Do you see the difference? 
I do. I just don't know if the difference has a ton of meaning. Like, if there is no currently good expression of whiteness, why be white? Well, because I hold out hope that one day we will do the work that redeems whiteness. Who are we sacrificing in the meantime for your whiteness to be redeemed? God. This goes back to whichever episode it was where I yelled that there's no ethical way to exist. Yes. But, like, that's, that's, that's what it is. is. All like, we have to do is cease to be white. James Cone offers us... Cease to be white. It is what you are. Then we are fucked. Exactly. That's what I've been saying from the beginning. No, it's not. <laughs> it's actually the opposite of what James Cone. James Cone. I will go back to the immortal James Cone. The 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 one who who hopefully is right. Otherwise, he's really in for a rough time because he is burning. <laughs> rest um, in peace. Rest in peace, Mr. Cone. The James James Cone offers a invites Doctor. us to be black. Can we just can we just go back to rest in peace and say Doctor Cone instead of Mr. Cone? Sorry. I come on. No. Sorry, Sorry everybody. <laughs> yes, rest in peace Dr. Cohn. I apologize. I don't I meant nothing by Mr. Cohn. I I know, I, but like that's the that's the thing. Is that like unquestioning this is what I defaulted to when really this person is not the default. Like I I think that carefulness and language is really important. Okay, you're right. You're right. You're right. I agree. So that's why I'm a dick about it. Rest in peace, Dr. Cohn. Dr. Okay. Cohn tells us that if we if we have any hope of being saved, we must cease to be white. And how do we do that? By becoming black. And how do we do that? By giving up everything, every single privilege that our whiteness has given us. And, and becoming, I think Cohn actually says it like this in Black Theology and Black Power. By, by becoming counted as black in your society. Right. <sighs> Cone can be wrong. Actually, right. I, think, I think that what you're saying is Cone is wrong. Eschatologically. Ooh, well, I don't know. I think for Cone, history and eschatology are the same thing. Oh, well, I disagree. I mean, that's fine. You're allowed to be, that, that's all fine. My, but I do think that, like, I do think that, that you're saying Cone is wrong. Like, on, on, on pretty much, maybe not everything, that's not what I mean. But, like, on, but on this very key component of his thinking. Like, you know, for, for Cone, God is not full of race and full of gender. Right. Like, like God is black. And once Cone began to take womanists more seriously, God, I mean, Cone, Cone would say God is probably without gender, but like womanists, you know, would, would push him on it. And, and would, Cone would probably be fine with saying God is black and a woman. And that's sort of it. And, and I guess we can, we can push and prod at that, but, and, and I'm fine with that. I, I'm fine with critiquing Cone, but do we like really want to? You know, like, like once again, like I, I'm, I'm really okay with just saying that gender and race are found in the created realm and not really found in the Godhead. Like, because for this reason, because I, I don't think, 
um, we can, I don't think any of the ontological language that I want to subscribe to would sort of make sense without that. You know, mm. that God is simple and, and all of that. Like God, of course, dwells fully in, in um, uh, oppressed folks and black folks and queer folks and all of that. Um, and, and that in and of itself is scandalous. Right. You, you know what I mean? Like, um, that that God is is fully present in in the oppressed and and in in, in in its fullest possible sense is scandalous. There's nothing scandalous about saying God is is fully present in oppressors. You know, right. oppressors already think that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I, but I don't want to say that God is absent from the humans who are doing oppression, that God is completely absent. Right. Right. And, and that, I think that's the, I have a great desire to redeem everything, you know, to the extent that it can be redeemed. And you have a desire in this moment to reject things that you think are irredeemable. And I don't think that anything is irredeemable. And so I think maybe that's the, the core disagreement with this that has worked itself out into like a bigger, more global disagreement. Do you think that's fair? Not, I, I think that's, I think there's truth to that. I don't think it's that. I think that there are these things that are irredeemable. I think that, um, I'm not sure kind of metaphysically what, what you are saying, you know, when, when we, when we say, so let me try it in another way. If we say, let's go back to gender again. God, I hate gender. <laughs> I got, I do. I hate it. I hate this. Um, Cause it's difficult. Well, right. And it's boring as all hell. Like, like being oh. a man is so boring. Um, I disagree. Oh, would you rather be a man? Because you can take it. Just please, please take it. I'd, I'd rather be a genderless being. I know you would, but that's not that's not helpful in a world full of a variety of genders. Well, one of those varieties can be no gender. I've met a few people like that. Yes. Okay. If um. Actually, that, that is kind of perfect. It, so if God is gender full, is one of those genders no gender? Yes. Okay. That's the one I'll go with then. Great. Good. We solved it. <laughs> it seems a little odd. It's still kind of weird because how can God both be the fullness of masculinity and the fullness of no gender? <laughs> but since those two are mutually exclusive. But uh, yeah, I think that there is I there is some structure that I need to build in order for you to feel like that is a solid on the ground in the way that I do. But I'm not going to do that today. No, I know. I'm not. I'm not telling you you need to do that ever. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. So I think that is that's a solid minisode right there. <laughs> Gosh, that was tough. Do you want to sign us off after after that mess? Mm-hmm.
Everybody, thanks for listening to whatever the hell that was. We are Spangs Reebok and the Dude, and we will see you next time. I heard that sigh. I know.